to the movie Draft House. I'm your host, Mark, joined by co-host Jeffrey. Well, whoa. Whoa. No, you are not my mom. You don't get to call <laughs> me that. The name's Jeff. <laughs> Jeff Apotamus. I'm Jeff. fine with that. Okay. Jeffosaurus. Jeffosaurus. Uh, Jeff Chimpanzee. Nope. Jeff Dog. Jeff Orangutan. Jeff Aroni. Okay, let's get. This is only getting worse (laughs) as it goes on. So I apologize. Uh, (laughs) Music this month, and we have to shout out the music because that's what we do, is brought to you by the band Talk from Ottawa, Canada. They're a folk pop band from the. the hat of North America, right? That's what they call Canadians these days. Is that what they do? I don't think the that's hats, true. The hats of North America. I don't know. I think they I don't know. Call I've never been to Canada. America, I've never met a Canadian. The, the so. shoes of Canada. <laughs> Anyways, um, uh, talk the uh, Ottawan Auto One Canadian band. Talk. Um, damn, Come, I'm, I'm I'm so I'm so you're editing this right episode, now. so you I just am. have to fix whatever the hell it no, is. No, I'm not, I'm not right fixing anything. I'm just leaving. You're gonna let it ride, okay? I'm gonna let it ride. But anyways, uh, we appreciate them letting us use their music on the podcast with the song "Train," and uh, make sure you hit the show notes for all the links to their socials, to uh, the website, to their big TikTok group. And so make sure you, you're giving them a like, a follow, or subscribe there and all of their other social media platforms. We appreciate them. Jeff Apotamus. Yes, Mark. Uh, hmm, let me see if I'm on a podcast. My mom always called me Marcosaurus. So, no, um, but that's too easy. And I'm yeah. not your mother, just like you're not mine, so don't call me Jeffrey. So Mark, uh, Markelodeon. <laughs> Cool. Uh, <laughs> uh, what what's the theme this month? Uh, this month we're doing road trip film. You know, people are traveling for the holidays, and uh, you know we we want some movies that go places. And so we're doing uh, uh, whatever the hell I just said, road trip films. So we did uh, what was the one you picked? Oh yeah, Oh Brother, Where Art Thou? We did road oh. games, yeah. and here we are in week three where you selected the film. Uh, and what was it you picked? Oh, it's the uh, the 2007 film Wild Hogs, directed by your boy Walt Becker, starring my boy Tim Allen, Martin Lawrence, John Travolta, William H Macy, Ray Liotta, Marissa Tomei, and a cast of other characters. A lot of familiar faces. Lots of familiar faces. So now, the IMD- why? Okay, yes, oh, sorry. Go uh, ahead, my I'm bad. Gonna, I gonna, forgot how we do this. The IMDb synopsis for Wild Hogs is a group of suburban biker wannabes looking for adventure hit the open road, but get more than they bargained for when they encounter a New Mexico gang called the Del Fuegos. So why did you pick this film? Like, we're road tripping... You see wild hogs, you're like, oh, hell yeah. Wild hogs. Because so, so, so you've I, seen I, this before. Right, I've seen it before. 
Um, I I know the entire film is about is about a road trip between these four dudes, and um, I re- I remember like I I've seen it probably two or three times, but like only once in like one straight sitting. Uh, it's because like it'd be on TV, and I'd be like, oh yeah, I remember this movie. So I you know I'd, I'd watch it wherever it was, and. You know, as I stated last week, I'm a big Tim Allen fan. Uh, I, I really like the uh, the guy. I, he has a a uh, a unique on screen presence where he's magnetic but comedic and self deprecating. He's he's he he fits that '90s 2000s uh, leading man feel for me, and so. Um, I just, I remember this being an okay film. Okay. All right. Good. You said, okay. So, um, I had seen this before as well, and I found it to be completely forgettable, not terrible. Like some things that I've yelled about other movies, you know, that Sils Maria easily comes to mind. I can remember it because it was just that bad. And, you know, the Greatest Showman comes to mind very easily because it was just that great. This was like, okay, that was a film. And That's I moved on with right? my life. Huh? You're talking about when you remember. the Or what you remember. Right. From my first viewing. So, um, I'm tempted to read some of these reviews. So, it has a Metacritic score of 27 out of 100. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Uh, uh, there are several reviews here. Um, What's the Rotten Tomato score? Uh, I don't have that in front of me. Give me a moment. I feel like it'd be pretty high. Yeah, you feel that way? Because this movie is not that great. It is 14. Okay, so it's worse. <laughs> Audience score 61, you know? so uh, There you go. So, there you go. And Listen, again, hey, you can't I'm, trust critics. I, I do agree. I've said that before. Um, but... Okay, so you you said you thought this was an okay movie before. You've now seen it uh, yeah. another time, yeah, and it's fresh in your memory. Yeah, what adjective would you use to describe this movie? Were you saying, "Hey, uh, Wild Hogs is a blank movie. You should or should not watch it"? Uh, the adjective I would use is problematic. Um, Ooh, that and- it is. <laughs> and uh <laughs> you know i just oh man uh, i remember it being funnier than it it is mm-hmm. and um it for a 2007 film so you think about the the late like to the decade from 2000 to 2009 and you think yeah that wasn't that long ago okay well 2007 was almost 20 years ago so this movie's got a lot of lot of problems this movie is okay maybe not the movie but there are a lot of homophobic things in this oh it's super that is the biggest this movie is homophobic this movie is homophobic um it it is a running (laughs) theme throughout the most of the runtime um i I remember it's uh, almost a subplot oh yeah and you remember on the mean girls episode where i was talking about how you know this one gay character's you know, really well done and everything. But then they have another character who the worst thing she could possibly be called is a lesbian. And 
And in this film, the worst thing you can be accused of is being gay. Um, There is a lot of that. Uh, A lot of uh, one of the big muscly bikers says things that are like, I'm going to suck some dick or something along those lines. And Ray Liotta punches him for it. Like (laughs) that is homophobia in film form. Like, I mean, there's there's a character. I like penis and he gets punched. Um, yeah, there's a a a full care. What's his name? Um, the actor that the guy him. from, uh, from Scrubs. Scrubs. Yeah, uh, you may also know him from um, Office Space. He's one of the two Bobs, um, is which is where name? I know him from and and love him. I think he's a tremendous comedic actor. He is. Uh, no, he's but very good. Unfortunately, he was given a uh, a John problematic McGinley. role. McGinley. Yeah. He, but he, his entire purpose of the film is to be a gay man and try to entice our four main characters. I don't even know that he's trying to entice them as or much as gay. he's assuming they're gay and then trying to be a part of that. Like, the character is so problematic uh, because it... it One of the issues is, is that when you simplify a gay character just down to their one defining trait is that they're gay. They have nothing else that defines them. That's what the problem with this character is, is that I think he's closeted maybe because he, he finds our leads uh, on a, on a air mattress in the woods together. And he assumes that they've been uh, making coitus with one another and he wants to jump in there, but he says that they're lucky. So it makes me think that you know he's a closeted gay man. But I don't. I, yeah, but he's a he's a highway like, patrol. He's a he, he's a police officer. The jokes, yeah, and, and but that's not. I think he was only a police officer for the plot. Like, why is he here in the middle of the woods? You know, like I guess I don't know, but. It well, I would say I would say that probably goes against the stereotype of gay men is is you know hey you know the in 2007 policing is a more masculine um profession well you can be masculine and gay but that's what I'm saying though but is the movie that, doesn't think so right that, but that's what I'm saying is that they likely made his character a highway patrol trooper is because when you think of Highway Patrol Trooper, you think of, you know, the aviator sunglasses and, you know, big rip guy and tight clothes, but he's he's kind of a badass. And, you know, McGinley is a bigger guy. And, you know, he's he's got different features to him that make him stand out like his, yeah. his face, like facial, like dimple features. And well, when I saw him on screen, and, I'm like, hell yeah, this is going to be great because he's funny the, yeah, the actor is funny and then he starts in with his shtick i'm like damn it like this is a total <laughs> waste of him a waste right and not only a waste but it's a harmful stereotype so there's that and there's a running thing there's a, a skinny dipping scene where travolta takes his pants off and he throws if anybody looks at my junk i'm punching punching them no one wants to look at your shit bro all right damn I mean, you don't know that there could be dudes that want to look at John Travolta's dick. Okay, none of his friends want to look at his dick. And it's probably true. I mean, William H. Macy 
probably be the one. Why? That would look at a dick. I'm just, I'm just saying. Now you're the, now you're you're sounding like this film. No, I'm just why, saying why that, say that his that character about? is portrayed as a more as doing it. Okay, go ahead, guys. I want to see where this is going. <laughs> if this is going to make the edit or not, <laughs> it's all making the edit. Um, I, his William H Macy's character is the soft one. Um, you so know, what the does more that mean. Uh, I mean, I know he's, he's not mean, as masculine but, but as why the think... other three characters. Okay. He's what not. I would say is I could see him, yes, looking, but he would do it purely in a plutonic way. He'd say, hey, nice piece of equipment you got there, and then would move on. But none of that is what's happening. I mean, in- there's a running there's a running thing where William H. Macy rides on the back of Travolta's bike, and he's like, you're never riding bitch with me again. And he's like, why? He goes, I could, I could. I could feel you smelling my hair or whatever. You it know. smells so good. And he rests his head on it. Again, that's that more running theme. Like, he, ah, oh, you're touching me. You're, you're laying your head on me. Ugh. Like, that's the kind of attitude that the character is putting out. This is the whole movie's like that. Right. right. And I think that it was obviously written that way. Uh, yeah, this guy, deliberately, Brad... they thought that was yes. funny. Right. And so you think about it in like 2007, you're like, that, you know, was, were the 2000s, you know, homophobic like now, that? Granted, we just got out of the 90s, you know, and the 90s were. <laughs> well, that's what I'm saying. So, like, I just, and I, and I have a theory about this film, and it centers around Tim Allen. And Tim Allen has always portrayed a, uber match masculine uh, masculine character on screen um always and you go back from to tv to films he is he is always the most masculine character and i wonder is because i think you know he's not the i don't think he's the biggest billing here he might be um but I think he has a lot of a lot of more. He, he his name has a lot more gravitas to it at this. I moment. would say Travolta in this moment is the biggest biller. Yeah, probably. You're right. Um, but you know, Tim Allen, he's the more family, the family guy. And, and this is um, after Santa uh, Claus and um, Toy Story. Right, right. It's so you know, Travolta is a big name. But Tim Allen is the the family draw, you know, and this is a PG thirteen movie, so I, I imagine he was cast in this film as like, hey, he's kind of the catch all to bring audiences in. Uh, Martin Lawrence is the the comedic relief, token black man um, in this film, and so it does feel like without him, this would be one of the whitest films of all time. <laughs> Because right. nobody in this town that they go to is black. No, no one they no. meet along the way is black. The only there's three black have... characters in this film, and it's Martin, Martin Lawrence, Lawrence, his, his wife, and, and his, his grandmother. Son. Oh, his grandmother. Yeah. So oh, he has a daughter. You're right. Okay. So without that, if they cast um, some other old fart, this would be just the whitest thing you've yeah. ever watched. But like, it's I, a homophobic I, white man of a movie. Is what this is. So my my theory about this film is that th- it's super masculine. Is because I don't think Tim Allen agrees to do this movie if there wasn't 
this masculine character that he portrays him, you know, he portrays the character to be. And, you know, that I, I don't know that I'm, I'm, I'm merely speculating here, but I think, you know, it's like a, a lot of this film, the masculinity behind it centers around Tim Allen being this masculine, um, trope. He, he is forever playing this character and some idiot, you know, um, ideation of, of Doug Madsen, the character, you know, he's Tim, the tool man, Taylor. Right. Um, and like he plays, he plays a dentist in this film, but he's like, he's super disconnected from everything. Cause he's so worried about, you know, being stereotyped as. What is with the running thing about like in films about, Oh, I'm a doctor. Oh, you're a dentist. And everyone shits on them. Right. Like you can dentist make also... a shit ton of money. Well, that, but you can also be a non-medical doctor. You can be a educational doctor. Those, those can, don't make any money, though. Well, f- sure, but why do you always shit on people who say I'm a doctor, and they're like, "Oh, I'm a dentist or whatever, a psychologist." Yeah. It doesn't like it's just this old trope that is in lots of movies, right? I can't think of any other off the top of my head, but I've seen them before. <laughs> and you know, and the 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 there's a Martin Lawrence's um his subplot of he's had his masculinity taken away by his wife. And you know, he's he's on this road trip to get it back. And so like the theme of this film is masculinity. And I just Man, it, it, it's so in your face. Yeah. And the and the homophobia is so in your face that it, it is distracting to watch. Like it's not subtle. It's <laughs> it, sma- it smacks <laughs> no. you square in the face. And and like this it takes isn't away like in Mean Girls where I really had to say had to point out and focus right. in and say right. why that was problem. This is oh, just Oh, that was racist. Oh, that was too like on my other podcast, uh, Spielberg Chronologically, we were talking about racism in some movies, Shameless and uh, we had a guest on that episode, um, Joe from the Gaming Nexus and Games and More, the Twitch channel, and he's a black man, and we were talking about, yeah, we knew that was racist, and he's like, yeah, you didn't even need me here to tell. As two white guys who are not gay, we can look at this and be like, yeah, that that's homophobic. Like, yeah. and. We're idiots. So I it, like I imagine that there are things that I miss as a straight white man sometimes that I'm like, oh, I didn't understand why that was a problem. And, you know, that's a chance for me to learn. This movie is just like, damn, this is this is a problem. It, it, right. And, and like and then you take William H. Macy's character, who's written as a soft, straight man. And. I, I was just like, what? it would been it would have been more comedic and probably better written if William H Macy was a closeted gay man. I don't trust the screenwriters, the director, right. or the actors <laughs> with that sort of pro, uh, uh, plot. Yeah, I just don't. Trust I mean, them. it would have it would have made it would have made everything. It would have made things endlessly worse, probably. I, but I think it would have made the entire theme of the film make sense if if 
like one of these characters was in fact gay and if, if you know okay, was let's say just waiting for the moment Macy to come out or, or whoever about 30 minutes left comes out and his friends have to reconcile with the fact that they've been hateful yeah. and homophobic throughout the whole film and they learn and grow and become better human beings that's the only way that works it's and a thousand percent better these writers would not know how to do that <laughs> no right i i agree that's with you the problem like i yeah. get what you're saying but the creators of this film at that time because i'm sure in 2007 i probably watched it i'm sure i did i don't remember it being homophobic at all from the first time i saw it years ago you know and it, it, well, it's a different time and all that and i'm sure in that time period they didn't realize what they were doing but this is what's here this is what is available for us to watch yeah and you know and you know this we i picked this film because it's a road trip movie and you know it's got a lot of iconic actors in it and i just like i felt i like i found myself just like i was like okay well, that was kind of cheesy you know the the comedic stuff but then I was like, "If it like, were just oh. the bad jokes, because yeah, the jokes haven't aged, but they haven't aged poorly in a in an offensive sense. They're just right. not funny anymore." Right, right. Uh, um, but There's yeah, a lot of physical gags in this movie, There's and like, a... how many times can you watch William H Macy crash his his motorcycle? Okay, so let me, all right, let's talk about that for a minute. So I just listened. So as of this recording, uh. The Jurassic Park three Spielberg chronologically episode came out, uh huh, and William H Macy is also in that film. Yes, and by from listening to the your podcast uh-huh. uh, for Jurassic Park three, uh, William H Macy is not a well written character and is kind of an idiot in that movie. Oh, well, everyone is. Even well, Grant. right, no, but but <laughs> William but H yes. Macy specifically, specifically yes. Is is written as an idiot. Um, what year did that come out? I don't know. <laughs> I don't know. It was in the two thousand. It was. It was sometime. Yeah, it was in the early two thousands. So, this is another film that casts William H Macy as a fucking idiot. Um, he and plays I, I, bumbling a lot. Like this right. sort of. Uh, if you go and want, have you ever seen Pleasantville? Yeah, um, he's in that, and it's kind of the same thing where he's like, "Where's my food?" and he looks in the oven, and "Where's dinner?" You know, he just kind of—I don't know why they do that to this man, you know. And sadly, one of the his uh, most serious roles is as Arbogast in the Psycho remake, which is just a trash film. Well, I mean, have you ever seen the show Shameless? No. But wow. I, I'm from. I like William H Macy. Like if oh, I, I see he's in a film, I'm like, oh, cool. Like he's he, very likable. Yeah, I I have no issues w- with a lot of his acting and and things like that. It's just that this is a role that he plays a lot, being this sort of bumbling, ah shucks kind of guy. Yeah, he uh, he looks like Ned Flanders. Yeah, but... he's yes, that's the perfect description. He is the live action Ned Flanders. <laughs> <laughs> but like you know, you watch Shameless, and he he did ten seasons of of that, and and he's I mean he he's nominated for Emmys for it. Um, 
but that was like the classy version of the these types of characters is you know he he has his like idiot moments but he's doing acting like he's actually acting and so like there's some heart behind what he's doing and it's well written so you understand why this is happening but here in this movie he did, he's for 3 quarters of the movie he is just essentially there to get beat up and uh and and to be the 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 gag and i was just like why did he take this role i mean yeah money but <laughs> yep but like i mean as a, as an actor like you you think you're like you know i'm my character's going to get their you know the shit beat out of them for the, pretty much the entire film but then at the very end i get the girl so maybe that's worth it i was like nah man i mean it is risk but why? That's the problem. More of the problem is what does she see in him? Well, that's never. That's never. I, I mean, there's like he like all the interaction they have, at least initially, is he sees her, walks up to her and then turns around because he's too shy to say anything. Then he goes to her booth where they're having the spiciest chili contest and he tries to be masculine and eat the chili and not show that it's burning in his shithole. But. You know, he can't do that. And that's enough for her to be like, oh, right. hello. Hello, someone old enough to be my dad. You know, I, it just doesn't work. It doesn't work. It doesn't right. work. No, it doesn't. And, and like, I, I get like, hey, opposites kind of attract type thing. And uh, that, you know, that's a trope that's uh, yeah, okay. explored endlessly. But, <laughs> but like. There is zero context behind their relationship, and like, it's just this movie is just throwing darts at you know these better films and going, hey, let's do that. Hey, let's try to do this. Hey, let's get all these these once great you know iconic actors together and see how it goes. And let's put them on bikes and make them a fake biker gang. And well, it's just so like, oh. here's one thing. The other thing is, is like a fake biker gang, but they are they're, they're just a, a bunch of dads in a in their own gang. Like that's cool, to be honest. Yeah. Like if if me and you and Scott and Elliot or whatever all had motorcycles yeah. and we had our own custom, you know, like podcast bicycle. You know, jackets. It's just a fucking microphone on the back with a mustache. Yeah, podcast drivers. <laughs> and that's cool. I, I don't think there's anything wrong with that. But the, 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 and the we got together once a week. like calling them wannabes. <laughs> we got together once a week and we had beer and we rode our bikes home. Yes. I, I now, think that, listen, that's, that's cool as shit to me. That sounds like a blast. <laughs> but see, like, I, and I, the 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 surface level plot of this movie is fine. Like if it's like, and the actors they have are fine. If the writing was just an ounce better, this uh, movie, this uh, movie at the surface level, better. no, hold on, at the sur <laughs> the movie at this at the surface level is enjoyable. If the if the writing is just a tad bit better. I think it so, needs to be a lot better. Well, because, I mean, I'm, but I'm saying, like, yeah. inter entertainment-wise, if you have, like, okay, so, 
Martin Lawrence, he's a fine comedic actor. He's fine. In two thousand in, in late nineties, two thousands, he was he was the dude. Him and Will Smith were the the two the two guys hogging up all the screen time in Hollywood as black men. Um He I mean that, <laughs> that's likely why he was cast in this movie. Yeah. And you know, the outlier here is probably William H. Macy. Uh, but Tim Allen, John Travolta, Marissa Tomei, Ray Liotta, these are all dudes that you've seen before. Um, and so, like, I think, like, getting these these actors together and putting them in the movie that, centri- you know, uh, the plot is centri- uh, centers around, you know, them taking a cross-country road trip on a bunch of bikes. That's fine. And they and they actually run into an actual biker gang. That's That's fine. It's just like... Why do we need to do all this other bullshit? Yeah, I think I think the plot of four midlife crises dads go on a, a bike trip to nowhere and yeah. antics ensue and they run into a real quote unquote biker gang. And, you know, like all of that is room for comedy to like that works right just on a paper as as an outline the problem is is everything in between that right um because again we've gone over the homophobia the the characters are not funny the gags are like from a two decades before the movie came out like 87 i don't think it would have been funny then there's some really great comedies in the 80s it just it it's the most forgettable film available. Now, there are some things I don't mind. Ray Liotta is the leader of the the Del Fuegos, who's this rival gang. And I actually kind of like how they end up pissing these guys off. It felt kind of genuine. Like, yeah. you, get, you get the dad bod guys coming in and these bike were real bikers. Like they are almost like you could maybe tell an interesting story in this framework about toxic masculinity and masculinity. That is, is good. Right. You know, like being masculine is not a problem, but being like this, they're, they're toxic masculinity. Don't insult me. Don't, don't lean your head on my shoulder that, you know what I mean? And if you could tell a story around that and show the difference and the contrast, something could have been there. But it, these the the writers and the directors were not ready for something like that. So they basically bully the 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 crew of four. They force William H Macy, who's an idiot, like every all of his friends, are like don't trade your bike. You're not going to get a good deal. This guy's clearly hustling you, and he gets hustled out of his bike. So I like this where Travolta's like, I'm going to go get your bike. Damn it. How dare they? And he goes and he cuts all the gas lines on the on the motorcycles, steals back William H. Macy's bike. But as the the motorcyclists are leaving the bar, they all smoke. And one of them, the gas like ignites and blows up the uh, the damn building. It's kind of great. And then so there's this subplot again of uh Travolta has told them this story that, yeah, 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 I took care of it. I went in there and I talked some shit and I got it. I, I manned up. You know, I'm a man. Toxic masculinity. Yeah, I'm a man. And he he can't admit to them that 
they would have been perfectly fine if he come in and said, yeah, I snuck in, stole your bike yeah. back. Let's get the fuck out of here before they right. get us. That would have been fine. But he's trying to impress his friends. I actually think that John Travolta is the most well-written character in this film. Um, I, uh, sure. <laughs> That's okay. <laughs> it's like the, the tallest little person. Um, the... No, there's like he's got he is he's got some of the more comedic lines and the film clearly makes him the lead. And uh like his interaction with the kid that's that he hired to rake his leaves in the beginning of the film. Mm-hmm. I thought I thought that was great. I thought that you know, I thought the kid the the kid in that scene was great. Um and like and then when he sneaks back to the the biker bar and he like kind of pokes his head around the corner and he's got this like his pursed lips and he's like kind of like a duck face and uh and he's got the sunglasses on i i i think i think john travolta was having fun in this film um i i do think that i and i think i think this film was probably fun to shoot is because you have all these 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 actors that were, you know, in their heyday were icons and and like Martin Lawrence and uh, Tim Allen are these comedic legends and and it's just like I th- John Travolta at least looked like he was having fun throughout this entire film. Everybody else at different points was like, okay, I'm kind of over this shit. But John Travolta, at least throughout, was the one that was like, "Hey, <laughs> I'll pay me." Maybe a lot he of didn't know money. how bad the movie he was in was. <laughs> yeah, I just think maybe you know, maybe he realized that, "Hey, y'all paid me a lot of money. I'm gonna, I'm gonna, I'm gonna ham it up." Um, well, and that'd be fine. And I, to from a performance perspective, I don't really have a problem with any of them. Right? It's just that there's no material right. that's worth performing throughout the runtime of the film. And it's not a long movie. It's an hour 40. Uh, and so like it takes like half the film for them to get to this bar with the Del Fuegos. There's other antics that happen on the way, right? So the real plot, the real conflict doesn't start till about midway through. And then after they blow up the bar, there's like another 30 minutes of them just getting to, they go to this town called Madrid or they call it some ma, ma whatever. And they get to know all the townies here. And the sheriff there is the, he played um needle nose, Ned, Ned, the head, Ned Ryerson in uh, groundhogs day. And then these twins that I've seen in other films, they're comedians. I don't know them really. Um, and Marissa Tomei and just, you get this, this quaint little city, that has been terrorized by the Del Fuegos. And there you spend like 30 minutes here. And I think actually is some of the better part of the movie is them because they're not being homophobic. They're just getting to know people in the town. And there's a scene where they have to go slap a bull. And it's it's mildly entertaining, you know, right. um, I kind of like that element of the that's the best part of the film. And then about what? 10, 10, 15 minutes left. The Del Fuegos come to town. Right. 
And, and, and they start ransacking the place. And yeah, and it's really just the, like the last ten minutes of um, uh, what's uh, it's for back it's to the future conflict. It's it's yeah, back to the future three. Right. The last ten minutes where you know uh, Mad Dog Tannen is out there trying to get Michael J. Fox out to fight. <laughs> this movie. It's. I mean, right. <sighs> It is. I don't. I don't even know how to classify it, other than being bad. It's just, kind of like it, it's a it's a it's a it's a case study on like <laughs> why like why okay so st- uh, studio I don't was it what studio like bad that I don't know um, yeah that's more effort than I would be willing to put into but wild like, hogs. The, uh, um, a studio backs this film, pours a lot of money and a lot of money. You would imagine, um, this this movie's budget was probably pretty large. Um, but like, you've got you've got these okay. So it was sixty million. The budget for Wild Hogs was sixty million in two thousand seven. So that's probably over hundred million today. That's a lot of money for a comedy, right? What movie um, was it that we watched with Tom Cruise that was like twenty million? Was that American Made? American Made, yeah. And he's flying all over the place, dropping like crashing actual planes. It was for probably 20 his own planes. Million dollars they made that movie, which is far superior to this, even though you didn't like it as much as I did. With stunts and flying and drugs and you know like. For twenty million, and they spent sixty something. Yeah. So th- this movie was in two thousand seven. Uh, American Made wasn't that long ago. What a waste of money. <laughs> so this movie was produced by Touchstone Pictures and then distributed by Disney. Um, oh, Disney. Well, I mean, it, Buena Vista Pictures, which is Disney, uh, still. Uh, um, but like, so you, you've got you've got production company. Throwing money at it, and they're probably like, "Okay, hey, it's PG thirteen. We got all these likable dudes. Uh, it's a road trip movie, and everything you know, stuff's happening all the time. Let's just let's just make it crazy. I, I can I can get behind that as a lazy uh, comedy film. This film goes out of its way to point shit out." And that's what makes it bad. Is that like had it just like uh, listen? I'm not saying like the movie should have been homophobic. I'm saying like if they wanted to hide, <laughs> wait, whoa, okay. If they wanted to hide homophobia in this film and kind of subtly call to like if if you know just subtle stuff like John Travolta telling William H Macy, "You're never riding bitch again because I can feel you." smell of my neck like if that was like the the height of the the homophobia in this film okay whatever i can accept that as just one character being homophobic right but, but when is. all of the characters are homophobic your film the has a biker problem. gang being homophobic would make sense they are toxically masculine the but then when one of the bikers awesome. one of the bikers is closeted gay, yeah, perhaps. Not even closeted. <laughs> and his his crewmates won't accept him. 
<laughs> but and also he's like he's the kind of gay character where his defining trait is that he's gay. Right. It's the same thing with the cop where all he's right. trying to do is get laid and all uh, this gay biker is is just saying gay jokes, you know, and talking about how he wants to get laid like that's the depth to his character. Let's it's not, um, a, good, it's not a good film. No. So I want to take a look at some some quick snippet reviews because some of these. Bad movies are the best for ridiculous, you know, snippets of reviews. So um, uh, here's one from The Guardian. Pete Bradshaw says, mind sodomizingly mediocre family comedy. Is that fair? The fact that he used the term sodomized. The fact that he used the term sodomize, I feel, plays into the the trope of the film. I think that that is too harsh. My brain did not feel like <laughs> someone had stuck their dick in it. Um, <laughs> now, there are some that are actually like, uh, this film isn't, uh, when this film isn't trading on an endless parade of gay jokes, it's focusing on an unfunny, unoriginal subplot in which the group must face off with a gang of bikers. That's Megan Basham from World. Listen. This is not good. And bad comedies are kind of like the worst thing. Yeah. Because comedies, generally speaking, don't have the densest plot or the best acting or the richest character work. They really are supposed to make you laugh. And so if you don't do that, then you have a, a soulless film. Um, oh, this is a soulless film for sure. Yeah, I uh, I just don't. Um, and there's a lot of comparisons to this could have been City Slickers on motorcycles. I don't remember watching City Slickers, but I mean, I've seen there's it. nobody in this film delivering a Billy Crystal level performance. Yeah, it's not good. So, uh, I mean, I don't like being right, Mark. Sometimes <laughs> a lot of times I do like being right. But when I said I didn't want to watch this crap when you picked it. I, I was right. This is actually kind of worse than I was expecting. Um, I, I, I'll I never watch this again. <laughs> yeah, it's a, it's a bad movie. Um, I, I didn't remember it being as bad as it is, but, you know, uh, and, and honestly, in 2007, these, the the tropes and the gags and all this probably weren't as as magnified as they are today. But well, we're definitely more sensitive culture now. Yes, where like I said, right. when I watched this back, whenever it came out, none of it dawned on me that it was homophobic. And obviously, twenty years later, and uh, our society is more open and educating us about other people who have other ways of life and being accepting you start to notice these things more right. and um, like a sore thumb this that the the issue isn't even that um you remember when we said that we thought uh mean girls was racist right there's some racist yeah. things but it doesn't permeate the whole of the film right it does in this yeah. it's it's happening throughout the whole film it's peppered in and it and it's part of the flavor you get from the film is homophobia. Um, 
And so it's really impossible to ignore. It And honestly, it makes me look at um, Tim Allen a bit differently. Uh, even though this, you know, it's 2007. So the decisions he made as an actor and taking whatever roles. Yeah. They're all- you know, those he got he got paid and he did a job. So like I, I don't I don't fault him for that. Um but me as like being on record as saying is that I'm a Tim Allen fan, I'm just like, man, you know, I really wish he didn't tarnish his his name on this film. Is because I really I really like him in a lot of the other stuff that he does that he's done. And you know, um, he's, I mean, like the Santa Claus movies are a staple in my house at Christmas. Yeah. Um, you know, uh, tool time was a staple of my, my adolescence growing up. Um, and toy story is just legendary. And, right. Right. Yeah. And so like he is a, and I, and he's a Hollywood icon in my opinion, because of those things. This film really, like, I really looked at like his, choice of being in this film and you know assuming he read through the the script before he took this film and being like oh man both you know now and martin lawrence as comedians should be able to look at a script and be like this shit is not funny right because that's what they they operate in funny and and some of tim allen's like like tim allen's character is He's kind of just going, th- like, well, it seemed like Tim Allen was just going through the motions in this film for the majority. Um, but, like, his character even is, is like, kind of just this over-it guy. And and that's not, like, that's not the, oh, that is the Tim Allen character. Like, he plays that particular character in just about every film he's ever been in. But, like, he's typically more committed than he was in this role. And so like watching it now, I'm like, damn, you know, my opinion of Tim Allen has gone down now is because he was in this movie and you know, he's, he's a perpetrator of these bad homophobic jokes. And, uh, you know, it's kind of his thing to be toxic masculine and, uh, you know, having, having just that ideal of, Hey, I have to be the biggest man on screen. Um, but man, this this movie was bad, uh, and I I am embarrassed that we uh, that I chose it to to represent one of my picks in the in the month. Fair enough. And and here's the the thing: you admitted I have nothing else to add. I'm not gonna you know kick you when you're down. The, yeah. This movie is bad, and. Um, and like you said, we both agree it was worse than we remember. Right. Uh, so it's definitely, for sure, not going to get my recommendation. Yeah, no. Yeah. We can skip right over that because it's, it's not getting mine. So So I think maybe, anyway, I, I just had an idea, but I'm going to keep it inside. But next month is December, Ooh. and Mark and I, uh, and actually just about every podcaster my age that I've talked to, feels the same way um anytime i'm like i love this performer they're like oh me too yeah um we're gonna give ourselves a present you know i don't 
one month, one December, we'll do holiday movies. But I just, I don't want <laughs> it to. It won't be this year. It won't be this year. Instead, we're going to give ourselves a present. What did we do? We did martial arts movies last year, which we I think We did martial arts last December, yeah. Uh, we're going to do another present to ourselves. We are going to be watching the films of Christina Ricci, um, oh, who if you- I can't wait. My, my first- Hollywood crush. Uh, um, Everybody our age's first Hollywood exactly, crush. Exactly, right. That's the thing, right? <laughs> it, everyone, like, Elliot, uh, uh, God, man. Who's the guy I make the other podcast with? Eric. Eric. Yeah. Boy, I apologize, Eric. Uh, <laughs> both of them, they're like, yeah, Christina Ricci. Yeah. I mean, listen. We love her. Y- you you said Christina Ricci and like my mind went to like eight different films that I was like oh shit which one what am I which one am I gonna pick I have so many on my list I have so many I've <laughs> ones that I've seen a hundred times and I have ones that I've never seen I don't know what I'm going to do I've got I've got one I'm for sure I have one that I haven't seen since I was probably fifteen years old and I can't wait um, oh, is it Casper. No, man. Okay, I'm not going to guess any. I watch than Casper that. every Halloween. Let's go. Casper's great. I got no problem with it. I've got one that's one of my favorite, favorite, favorite movies. But I've also, I don't, I don't want you to shit on it. I like the movie that much. Um, <laughs> but yeah, I, I've got a lot of them. Oh, there's one of them would have worked great in October, but I can't. I can't. Um, I'm really looking forward to next month, and it's a five, December's a five month, a five, five week, month. week month. We've already selected mutually what our fifth film will be. Uh, we're not going to tell you right now till draft night, which is next we, week. We pro- both proactively were like, "Yeah, we know yeah. which we know which we're we're doing that with. one." And I've never actually <laughs> seen the film in question. I've only heard tale um, of it. So uh, look forward to that next week. It will be draft night, Christina Ricci month. And uh, also next month, the last episode of the year, we're going to we're going to pick our top five and bottom five films of this year of 2022 that we've watched for the pod. Hey, is this week's episode like the current episode we're recording the week it's going to release Thanksgiving? Oh, let me check. Thanksgiving is always on a Thursday. Yeah, it comes out on the twenty. No, the next episode will be. Oh, uh, so our last ep- our last November. Okay. Yeah. Joyride. Okay. Got it. So, good Got thing it. to keep in mind. We record in advance, so those things are hard to keep track of. Um. Yeah. So here's a question: Do you think that Wild Hogs will be on your bottom five? Oh yeah. I think there's um, a chance. I have to go back and look. I mean, we've watched. I mean, we've watched some bad stuff. I think. Yeah. Um. I don't know. Yeah, I think this this is this is a firm, firm bottom, firm bottom five. five. Yeah, yeah. I, I I tend to agree. You know, <laughs> so we'll see how that pans out next month. Um, but Mark, what? Tell us about the music one more time. Yeah. So uh, once again, we're thankful for the band Talk uh, from from Canada, the the Ottawa uh, Providence. I don't even know if that's you what they call it. Every Canadian. <laughs> what do they call them? What do they What do they call their states? Uh, their um, count. Their boy. What do they call them? Like <laughs> territories? Province? <laughs> province? You might be right. It might be a province, not Providence, like you said. But wait, 
Oh, a province. I got you. I got oh, it. I got yeah, it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I got it. Anyways, uh, talk. Uh, we appreciate you guys for allowing us to use the uh, there's uh, your song, their song, Train. Uh, please make sure you hit the show notes for all the links to their socials. Um, they're doing uh, they're doing real big things. I got I got banger music for December lined up. You have um, not let me down, sir. You might be offended with the song of choice, but okay. Um, what is it? Is it about pain? No, no, I'm no. fine with that. <laughs> no, but um, it's like I, I like I discovered this artist. Like listen, to me, listen to me. I discovered the artist. Yeah, um, yeah. Listen to you. <laughs> I mean, you do. You honestly I, right, do. Like right, I, I, right. <laughs> I, I know, I know, I know, I know. But I like. I'm like, holy shit! I'm like. This person's good. Um, okay. So yeah, so, you're 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 uh, what do you call that? Uh, sizzle. You're giving us some sizzle there. Yep. So it. next week we're gonna watch Joyride. Now there's a lot of movies called Joyride. We're specifically watching the one from 2001, starring the late Paul Walker and Billy Zane. Not Billy Zane. Sorry, wrong Zane. <laughs> Steve's on. I was gonna say Billy. Wait, Billy Zane? No, man, I, I love Steve Zahn. I that dude. I that dude too. delivers in every single film. He's Have in. you seen the Diary of a Wimper Kid, Wimpy Kid movie? Yes, man. I, he's great in the. Ones he's that he's, he's in. great in everything he does. He really is. Him. Legitimately, the the film could be trash, and he is legitimately great. Yeah. Um. So, so anyway. Mark. Um. Oh wait, we got to do socials. Uh. If you want. I got nothing clever. Marks at I heard you liked mm, on Twitter. Yeah, yeah. and uh, make sure you're you're throwing uh, Jeff a, a follow on Twitter at podcast by Jeff, where you can find uh, his um, his uh, thoughts on Spielberg and Hitchcock I don't know what I, I I put all in. those things. Oh, real quick. I mean, I'm late to the party on this, but the TV show Midnight Mass. On Netflix, <laughs> it's one of the best series I've ever seen. You know, I, it um, handles faith, doubt, atheism, all of this stuff in such a wonderful way that it's, I love, love it. It's one of the best things I've ever watched. So. Uh, I'm a big fan of uh, Raul Coley. Don't the, know who uh, that is. The sheriff. He's he plays the sheriff. The, okay. The 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 Indian Indian mm-hmm. sheriff, um, or Pakistani. I guess he would be Pakistani. Um, and uh, if uh, what's the what was the name of? He was in a different show that I saw um, where the the chick is a zombie, but she's like a medical examiner. Oh, that's the one. I zombie. I yeah, zombie. That's um, a terrible name for a show. <laughs> but Raul Coley, man, I'm a big fan of his. He, uh, him, and and Kate Siegel. Uh, she plays the 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 main actress She's in awesome. Midnight Mass. Yeah. Um, Midnight Mass was terrific. It's so good. It, yeah. It as as someone who believes in God, sometimes these things that examine faith and doubt sometimes they can take a side it feels like right 
But this movie doesn't do that or show. It just kind of is like it shows you the beauty of faith. It shows you the harm that religion can do. It shows you the good things that can come from faith. It shows you the the good things that come from being an atheist or the good things that come from being Muslim or the good things that come from being a Christian and all the other stuff that the baggage that comes along with that. And it does it in this horror movie setting that is so good. I cannot recommend it enough. It's one of the best things I've ever watched. Also, it's one season and you're done, which as someone who's hates Netflix for canceling glow is something I really appreciate. Hey, I don't Mike, know. I just had Mike to talk Flanagan, about it. the the creator director of Midnight Mass. Man, he is a fantastic horror director. He he's done. He did um, Haunting of Hill House and Oh um, man, oh, that's another good one. Yeah. I I prefer Midnight Mass, but most I mean Haunting of Hill House is incredible. Right. Yeah. He's. I mean, he's. I just probably, like the themes in Midnight Mass a little more. Yeah. He's. Um. Man, he's he's really good. Uh hey, but uh because I know you're a you're a smut watcher like me. He did Hush. Hush is great. Yeah. I've heard Oculus is great. And he, man, I need to just all right. He's going Mike on the Flanagan, list. Mike Flanagan chronologically. It's good. Hey, coming soon. I'm not playing around. <laughs> uh, he's going on the list. <laughs> hey, uh, but as a smut watcher like me, Love is Blind season three. Oh, I'm already Get I'm already caught it. up. I'm right, already go. done. Like, I'm just waiting for the next batch of episodes. <laughs> Listen, man, I love that shit. I'm unembarrassed. Man, I do, too. <laughs> I love it. I turn it on. Hey, I tried watching Dated and Related. That, oh, that show, sucks. I got no, three episodes sucks. in, and I, I couldn't. Yeah, and that's a, that's a rare miss from Netflix. Yeah, they just, they normally, as soon as I, I, I kind of doubted, because that was their last one. Like, do I really want to watch another season of this? And as the first episode cues, I'm like, oh, yeah. Yeah. Yeah, I do want to watch this. <laughs> oh, hey, by uh, by by episode three, you're like, oh hell yes, let's oh, go. The 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 guy who can come without coming that had me laughing forever. You remember that? Yeah, the 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 Asian guy. Yeah, oh, I've I've trained in many lands. It was taught by an ancient warrior to come without ejaculating. Like, who is he trying to impress? Listen, man. Listen, this show. Netflix doesn't miss when it comes to reality. They might they might have some trash out there, but they they throw it away and they get right back on the horse, dude. And, ultimatum, and they're galloping. This the circle is crazy. Is creme de la creme to me. Yeah. And F Boy Island. Yeah. Which, which is not Netflix. No. Right. F Boy Island and, and and the circle are my absolute favorite reality shows. But yeah, the <laughs> Love Is Blind is really good. Uh, All right. Anyways. Well. Um, words of wisdom, Mark. I'm putting it on you again. You're not doing this to me again. Yeah, no. Um, so when you have a chicken, Ooh. and you're looking to mate it with the fox, okay. Watch Midnight Mass. Yeah, watch Midnight Mass. That is good wisdom. <laughs>